Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen Podcast. I am Jumpy. Today, we are covering Are You Afraid of the Dark? Season 2. Episode 12. Episode 12. Yep. Episode title, The Tale of the Hatching. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I am joined by my co-host and brother, but not Rip. really. <laughs> mm-hmm. The name's Rip. How's it going, everyone? So, it's going good. Thanks for asking. So, it was a pretty good episode. I liked it a lot. We should probably kick off with what we predicted was going to happen before we talk about Ah, uh, yes. The infamous prediction. This yeah. is your first time listening. Jumbi and I, at the end of every episode, try to protect what's who's going to narrate the next episode and uh, what the episode's going to be about based on the title. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tale of the Hatching is almost as bad as the Tale of the Shiny Red Bicycle <laughs> to, to predict, but we tried. And Super vague. What'd you predict, Jumbi? I predicted that it was going to be a Kiki story because we just haven't heard from her. And... I predicted it was going to be about a basilisk because I was giving the show a lot of credit and basilisk is a very unexpected thing to hatch from an egg. So I was like, maybe it'll be that. Not the traditional, you know, dragon egg or chicken egg or something like that. It'd be like a basilisk. <laughs> I went Frank because it sounded like something mythical was going to hatch. And I think every time I suspect something mythical i always pick frank and it's always my undoing my downfall (laughs) because i don't even think he goes the mystical route anyway so (laughs) i just set myself up for failure but i thought frank and the hatching was going to be about a dragon egg yeah yeah because i so desperately wanted a dragon story after that we (laughs) we got one right it was the dark dark dragon couldn't even see it. It's really dark there. <laughs> um, so with that being said, were Rip and Jumby correct? Now, who was the more correct one? Well, it's hard it, to say. I, I want to say you. <laughs> I think neither of us were correct in anything. And this is one of those episodes that just threw us, threw us for a loop. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make the episode not enjoyable to enjoy, enjoy it especially since the moment it started i was like oh i remember this episode i never i forgot the name of it but yeah and in fact if you would have told me like oh this is the episode what do you think the title of it is it's based on like the <laughs> the intro or whatever it was like oh mm-hmm. the, the dangerous boarding school or <laughs> some stupid crap <laughs> like i would never <laughs> have predicted that the reptile. I'm not sorry, the hatching. Yeah, I wouldn't have predicted the the reptilian race of future leaders of America. <laughs> There's a popular um <laughs> in case you haven't heard, there's a very popular yet stupid conspiracy theory that like the government in America and I guess in general is run by lizard people. <laughs> and select insert your least favorite politician here is like a lizard person yes i think it's ridiculous to think that only the u.s government is run by lizard people 
when there's obviously an entire... it's everyone yes. yes the un thank you <laughs> wake up sheeple there's lizards amongst <laughs> so we were wrong so, because yeah. who's who's kicking off the episode who's telling the story i bet it's Kristen. <laughs> i wish because that her episodes are long done I know. Do. I'm never going to see another cosplay. But the intro did have a lonely David sitting by the fire. He's early because no one's there. Um, And everybody else came at the same time. And they all just see um, just a angry looking David. And Gary walks in and he's proud. He's like, hey. You came early and you set the campfire by yourself. I'm happy. <laughs> and then Kiki's like, what's wrong with you? You sick? And uh, uh, Frank taunts him. <laughs> He's like, oh, he probably wants something. Um, But shh. David's just shutting it down. And Betty Ann, being the gentle soul that he, she is, asks him if he's okay. But David's like, I'm fine. And Betty Ann's like, don't talk back to me. Know your place. And he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, I'm sorry. I answered really quick because I'm still scared of you. <laughs> she just says, don't let it happen again. Noticeably absent is Kristen. But she mm-hmm. comes waltzing and, and Jumpy and I are like, oh, they broke up. Yeah. They didn't come and together. Then... She's the last one to come in. He's super sad. And then she leans into him and, she, and she's like... Tortured toward him, and she's just like, "Hey, you should probably just tell him." And I was like, "Okay, they for sure broke up. This is gonna be a really sad episode." And Frank was just like, "What's the matter, poor David? Upset about something?" Uh. And you know, a real, <laughs> a real Frank in that and, moment. And David's like, goes to Kristen. He's like, "That's why. That's why I didn't tell him because of Frank." You see that shit right there. You see that? Oh, I don't tell anything over here. Okay, that's why there wasn't a dragon. He made me nervous, and I pivoted my last story. <laughs> that's the only explanation. Yeah, he improvised. Yeah. So even Kiki though, like, gets on the make fun of David train. She's just like, "Yeah, you scared?" Yeah, you know, it's your like, classic. Hey, like Kristen comes in. Hey, it's okay to be vulnerable. And the moment that he didn't even say anything, like. Just the idea of him being vulnerable. They're like, oh, he wants to be vulnerable? Fuck that. He, let's take your male ego and let's just stomp all over it. And he came the, from all angles. <laughs> this is what 12-year-olds would do. Yeah. Although Frank, I don't think he's 12. <laughs> like, Frank is at least 16. I feel like Frank can, like, buy them beer and cigarettes if they if he wanted to. I, yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't card him. Yeah. So, Gary, for sure. Oh, yeah. But Gary, Gary asks what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And Kristen's the one who's like, oh, uh, David's family moved across town and he has to go to a new school. And Kiki, like, oh, poor baby. Doesn't like being the new kid. And she channeled her inner Francine Frensky in this. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yo. <laughs> and then David got up and he made a clenched fist and the camera zoomed in <laughs> on it. And he just shook it. <laughs> um, and he just punched her in the face. 
But yeah, uh, with this yellow sweater. <laughs> but I think that show's over now. David just kind of turns around and mm-hmm. stands up for himself. They don't need Kristen's help. Tells her, he's like, hey, I think it's funny. Which is funny because he didn't stand up to Frank. But he sure as hell going to stand up to Kiki. He's like, I can take this from Frank, but not you, Kiki, not you too. <laughs> he's like, oh, you Sick think it's it. so funny? Then you try changing schools. And Kiki stood there with the same face she gave when she mocked him. So I'm like, oh, okay, she's she's not letting up. <laughs> but she's, she's feeling the hurt behind his words, but she's not going to back down. I feel like Kiki has switched schools like every other month. <laughs> so she's tired of his shit because yeah. he's just switched schools once. I can see that. Like It's like a routine for her. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going on in any of their lives, but I just feel like Kiki travels around a lot. Maybe her dad's in like... The Canadian Air Force or something. <laughs> or in the Navy. The Canadian Navy. In the Navy. So, David says, like, tells her, why don't you try changing schools? You know what happens when you change schools? You don't know anybody. You get lost. The kids treat you like you're invisible because they already have their own friends. As he says to his own friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> And yeah, it's like, like, it doesn't even matter where you guys go to school because apparently you can still all reach this forest. <laughs> so it's like during the day, I'm just a loser and at night, I'm with you guys. <laughs> but David tells, yeah, if, that, if, if I don't like it and that makes me a baby, then I'm a baby. And Kristen's like, come on, it'll get better. And Gary, yeah, Gary too. Gary's like, yeah, you'll get used to it. He has a support system. Betty Ann is noticeably silent. Because mm-hmm. she didn't like that back talk. She's like, I tried and you had to be a punk. So go fuck yourself. But he walks over and sits down in the storyteller's chair. Mocking both Jumbie and I for uh, <coughs> for not predicting him. And he says he's going to make the best of it. Um, And he came up with a story based on yeah. his troubles. Which is a sign Gary, of a good writing. You know, yeah. I was just going to say Gary egged him on. He's like, yeah, that's it. That's the spirit. You go on, champ. Like he was being a real good yeah. good guy this episode. So was Betty. They're yeah. being like the mom and dad of the group. Yeah. And then Kristen, the the wife. Yeah. So, and I guess Frank and Kiki were playing the sibling roles. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's the perfect setup right there. The perfect mm-hmm. family. The midnight family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> midnight mom midnight <laughs> so David says his story is about two kids who have to go to a new school and it's strained for them at first too what they find out is that this school is far stranger than they could ever imagine submitted for the approval of the midnight society David calls his story the tale of the hatching and we begin. And what better way to begin the an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark with the off-screen murder of a puppy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they thought they were slick with that. We wouldn't notice. They killed a dog in this episode. Yes. Just take that in and let that sink in on this <laughs> y- TVY7 show. They killed a dog right off the bat. Yeah. David is not pulling any punches <laughs> yeah, so for this story. Yeah. 
You just so it's like we get it. You're angry, David. You don't have to kill the meta, the the, the fictional puppy. I like to imagine him telling it, and he just looks at Frank right in the eyes. And then the white puppy died, Frank. <laughs> it died, and it went into the manhole, and no one even knew. All right, no, nobody even found it later. It's not important to the story. I'm just telling you, Frank. It's dead. Yeah. Look just like your dog at your house. <laughs> Frank starts crying. It never gets reference. We never see anything. It's just, it's just there to show you that something's not right. <laughs> so. Well, we definitely got the message, right? It was just a little white poodle like sniffing like a manhole. It was cover. so cute. It was. It, it's a skinny little dog. It's not even gonna have a lot of meat on it. I don't know why anyone, whatever, or so, it could have ate a human and been fine. But no, kill the dog. Yeah, and the cover opens up, and you hear the the puppy cry and then it closes and the, it's just green spots and the poodle's gone ooze. <laughs> my first thought was like manhole cover green ooze <laughs> teenage mutant ninja turtles cowabunga mm-hmm. they adopted that dog and that's what happened and nothing bad happened to the dog I... he just sits around and eats pizza all day with the ninja yeah. turtles i uh, i approve yeah head cannon confirmed <laughs> so a vehicle pulls through the gates and it's a uh, David tells us this is a boarding school the Black Book Brook School the Black Brook School and it's one of the best boarding schools around we are introduced to uh, the parents of our two uh, protagonists Mr. and Mrs. Wilson and they have to go away on business for six months and thought it'd be best for the children if they um, stay at a boarding school until they come back. They that's as much information as we get. <laughs> In fact, the more we're introduced to these uh to these characters, to the parents, the more vague their life is. And we'll talk about mm-hmm. that. But um Yeah, so we're introduced to Augie and Jazz or Jasmine. So these are the children that are going to stay. These are our protagonists. Augie, for whatever reason, has that Gary look where he has his glasses and short hair and button-up shirt, shirts tucked mm-hmm. in. But Jazz, as Jumby pointed out, we had a good laugh about this. Jazz looks like Judy Funny from Doug. And that's Doug's sister, Case. You're wondering, and if you've never seen Doug, she looks like a beatnik. She's just like a, <laughs> a really stereotypical beatnik person that plays bongos and doesn't clap and snaps her fingers. <laughs> and she's always wearing sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Round, circular. Yep. Not round, circular sunglasses. Yes. So, um, their parents find the place interesting. Augie also finds her interesting, but. Jazz is not having it. She's just like, she's like, nah. This place looks weird, and it has a weird vibe, and I don't like what's going on. Hmm. So, they walk in, and we see this Hogwarts-looking place, but like, replace Hogwarts the interior with like marble stone. Any boarding school. To anyone who didn't go to boarding school, is gonna seem like Hogwarts. <laughs> There's just a bunch of kids living at school like that. Yeah. Oh, Hogwarts! Because I've never been to a boarding school, and that's basically what Hogwarts is. Yeah, pretty much. 
kind of takes the magic away when you think about it like that. It's just, oh, it's a boarding school. Oh, how lame. That sucks. <laughs> He's stuck it. Well, it, it's actually pretty good for him, given he has nowhere to stay. Yeah. So I guess there is some magic still. He doesn't have to live with the Dursleys. <laughs> Why these parents are pawning off their kids when they're perfectly healthy and capable of watching them after school is beyond me, though. Well, they have to go on a business trip together. Really? Did they say that? Yes. Do they even have jobs? I doubt it. <laughs> we don't know. But All right, kids. We're tired of you. Come here and work at this this questionable school that we didn't research that much. So we get like a kind of spiral staircases. I wouldn't oh, say right, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't even say spiral because they don't circle around. They're like semi spiral. Like you know, like a square, but going down, I don't know. I, I'm not familiar with architecture. and. It's not like a DNA staircase. It's like yeah. an RNA staircase. It's like yeah. half. Go with that. And this school has huge doorways and water fountains. Like, not water fountains. Like, like outside there's, like, fountains where people can just sit and relax. Like, something you would see at, like, a mall or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Augie and Jazz, first time going to a boarding school, they're not happy, they're not excited. Augie wants to they, give it a chance, though. They look like they came from, like, public school, because yeah. they just dress and however they want. Mm-hmm. They're very put off by rules. I mean, I feel like we're giving too much credit to Augie. Augie's very like, yeah, I mean, if this is what we have to do, we have to do it. He's not happy about the situation, but he's a very like, I won't say go with the flow because he's still kind of, um, you know, the, he like he's the straight man. But he's mm-hmm. like, hey, our parents need this from us. So the least we can do is make it our best chance, you know, like he's got honor. There you go. Uh, I will honor my mother and father. <laughs> and you will do the same, sisters. So, uh, what's it? David, of course, retorts saying they didn't like. David? Yeah, David. He's like, they weren't happy and excited about the school. And if they had known what was waiting for them, they would never would have set foot inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, David setting up the plot. And he was more vocal in the story. Which is appreciated, of course. Don't really hear a lot from the Midnight Crew during stories. Yeah, not not this like he chimed in a lot. Mm-hmm. I think after this, see, after the first season, they just kind of let the story tell themselves. That's sad. Yeah. But I mean, I guess when most of your cast members are gone, you have no choice. <laughs> most. <laughs> it's like one person left. For now. This is the big three. All right, we still got the big three. Got, we got Gary, got Betty Ann, got Frank, we got Frank, and we got Kiki. And why didn't I think of Kiki as a big three? Because she <laughs> hasn't been able to tell much. Exactly. I haven't even heard a story from her. Gary's like not. Gary's just the leader, but he falls into that category too. Yeah. So if he wasn't the leader, I would put him in that. That hadn't been able to talk much, kind of thing. You know, and Frank doesn't say a lot, too. Why do I care about them? 
It's just I Betty. know why I care about Betty. <laughs> it's really just the big three is Betty, Betty, and Betty. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess we could talk about it on the season two wrap up, but uh, Kristen and David really showed their chops this season. Had no choice. <laughs> they weren't god like Eric. <laughs> And with the writers like, yo, you guys aren't coming back next season, so we're just going to make everybody miss you. Mm-hmm. We're going to get them attached to you, and then just bye. See I love how I never give Eric, Eric credit for telling Dark Music, one of the best episodes. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, that kid did nothing when he left. <laughs> hate that kid. I will never forget that one episode, dude, where he just like said the best four-minute story. Yeah, it was super good, too. It, wasn't even four it was like, like one minute. <laughs> one minute horror. Yeah. It was scarier than anything we've seen so far. Uh, so the reasoning that they're at the school is because if they had gone with their parents on the business trip, mm-hmm. they would have fallen behind in school. So they go upstairs to the administration office and you know they're, they're talking, they're trying to build up the school. Uh Jazz still kind of fighting it, but Augie and his dad Mr. Wilson are super about it. <laughs> um, they hear a girl scream, and they run over to see who it is. And there's, it's a girl in the infirmary, and she's waking up. She she's terrified because she had a nightmare. Uh, and then she looks at them. She's like, "Uh, who are you?" And she's like, "Oh no, you're okay. We're parents." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> that's your reasoning." All right. That's yeah. <laughs> that that doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm not gonna like run up to and wake somebody up, and they're like, "What? Who the hell are you?" And I'm like, "Don't worry, I'm a brother. Like, <laughs> I'm somebody's brother. Don't worry." I'm a sibling. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, they're like, "Oh, we're parents. We heard a girl scream, and we need to be there to protect whatever. Like, to, just to show oh. concern." Don't worry, and- child. I'm I'm an uncle. <laughs> okay. And the girl's like, I'm okay. I'm just having a nightmare. Um, and oh, jazz, get away from me. jazz has to be jazz, right? This is where we find, we get to know this girl's personality just by this one comment. She's like, how are you having a nightmare? It's the daytime. And that's what the, the girl's like, shut up, jazz. <laughs> I don't even know you, but you seem like a jazz and I need you to shut up. All right. It's Saturday. We can sleep in. I just woke up, obviously. And had a nightmare. And it's an infirmary. Like, I'm fucking sick. <laughs> All right. And that's what uh, Mr. and Mrs. Taylor, the headmasters of the school, say. They're like, that's Marie. They shouldn't have left her, or her alone. Mrs. Wilson, Mrs. Taylor was like, oh, we shouldn't have left you alone. Um, what was it? She's like, oh, um, she's sick and she's having nightmares. And she needs her rest. Um, so they're like, okay. I was like, oh, let's uh, let's talk. Mister and Mrs. Taylor want to talk with the Wilsons. So, um, Mister Taylor introduces himself to Augie, who shakes his hand. Um, while Jazz is like standoffish, she's like, nah. I'm not going to shake your hand, whatever. But Mr. Taylor welcomes it to the school regardless. Um, 
And oh, so they weren't in the infirmary. She should be in the infirmary. There you go. That makes mm. sense. Okay. So they take so her. Please walk into her room then. Yeah. <laughs> it's even worse. <laughs> so Marie's like, okay, but Mrs. Taylor insists she goes to the infirmary. Um, and then they hear the school bell, but it's not your typical bell ringing. It's like a slow, like, if you ever played around with the synth, think of, like, the lowest sound you can make. I wouldn't even say that low, but it was still, like, it wasn't a bell. It was just, like, a low humming sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and they explain that it's the bell to do everything. It's time to change class. They play that bell. It's time for dinner. They play that bell. It's time to go to bed. They play that bell. Like, okay. She's like, I, but I think you could agree with me that it's a lot, it's, it's more soothing than a school bell. Mm. And then I guess everybody had to agree. So they're in Mr. Taylor's office and he explains the school rules and the codes, codes of conduct. Um, he talks about the bell, talks about the soothness of it. Um, and as he's talking about how calming it is, an alarm goes off on Augie's watch, and they have like the biggest fit. Mr. Taylor looks like he was about to die. <laughs> he starts covering his ears, he starts screaming. Mr. W- Mr. and Mrs. Wilson check on him because they're parents and ask him if he's going to be okay. Um, Augie realizes what's going on and turns off the his alarm. Um, and then Mr. Taylor's like, oh, I've been having migraines lately. Uh, they don't happen often. <laughs> and then he they, they continue registering the kids. Uh, Jazz and Augie walk, out, walk away. And... Jazz is like, I don't want to stay here. This this is weird. This is a weird place. <laughs> and Augie's like, come on. Our parents, they need us to be here. Mm-hmm. We don't have a choice. Um, let's make the best of it for them. Um, Jazz is like, okay, I'll try. But uh, I'm not. Wait, yeah, she's like, I'll try. But I'm not. Where I'm not gonna look like a geek or whatever, which in the '90s it immediately transitions to her looking like <laughs> a cute little schoolgirl because she's wearing the 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 uniform of the. I don't understand the the concern. It's not like everyone's gonna turn up and be like, "Ah, loser, you're wearing uniform." Like <laughs> we we're all wearing it. Fine, doesn't matter. Equal playing field. Mm-hmm. So, uh the parents leave. And they said they're going to, um, it's only for six months and they're going to try to visit in a month. Mm. So they go about their day, they attend the classes and it's supper time. They look like they're eating fries and a sandwich. Good, Mm -hmm. good dinner. I like that. I'm down for some of that. Um, and then a big bowl of like a grits looking mush me. yeah just appears just white. this white mush makes me think of like maybe potato salad with like a whole bunch of mayonnaise yeah and kit their classmate 
is like, hey, you guys should try this. It's called sponge. And Jazz is like, you mean like a sponge or you clean dishes with? And they're like, no, it's with a U, a sponge. I'm like, oh, okay. That that makes it different. Um, Kit's like, look, when I first got here, I was avoiding the crap out of it, but I eventually tried it and it's tasty. It's awesome. It's and- It's not aesthetically pleasing. Has a horrible name, <laughs> but tastes good. Yes, and this I is wouldn't where... have needed much more convincing. I would have tried. <laughs> yes, this is where Jovi and I both agreed that this is where we would have failed in the yeah. test. <laughs> I am not a presentation eater. If it tastes good, I will yes. eat it. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, you had me at taste good. Cool. Okay, I'll it's try. called sponge. Awesome. Nice, Pookie. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and but Jazz and Augie. They uh they're not having it. They give it a pass, and they move on. The bell rings. They don't put that kind of garbage in their body, <laughs> and then they drink a bunch of coke and eat M and M's. Kool Aid with the like the real sugar. <laughs> um. So, Jaznagi deny the sponge, and the bell rings. They all stand up. Kit is very nice, cordial. He's like, hey, I'll show you where you put your dishes. And like, okay, cool. And as everybody's lining up to go put away the dishes, you, you see one kid just stick his fingers in the bowl of sponge and eat it. That's how good it is. Cool. <laughs> These kids are addicted. Yeah. He's, that's not normal behavior. Like, I don't care if that thing is filled with chocolate. Kids don't. I mean, at least I don't think kids are gonna do that. That's so gross. Yes, they are. It's like the it's the communal bowl. It's so gross because there's a little spoon that you just dig it out and put it on your bowl, and then it's time to clean up. F it. Rules are off the table. Stick your finger in there, lick it, slobber it. Animals. I wouldn't do it, but I like. (laughs) I I think I think a kid would do it. Yeah, kids will definitely do that. Disgusting. There's no rules when the when the vibrating bell rings. <laughs> so, David updates us. It's been a while. And Jazz and Augie enjoy, are enjoying their time. They're enjoying their classmates. They're getting along with everybody, which is something that he brought up was what he feared. <laughs> so, in his story, these kids prosper from this. And they move beyond it. Um... The Didn't only... make too many friends, though. Yeah, you know they have their their friends. They still sit next to each other. You know, it's not like Augie's hanging out with the guys and Jazz hanging out with the girls. They're still together, mm-hmm. but they're getting along with everybody. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. Like one of Augie's selling points was like, "Oh, we're gonna stay here and make the best of this school. It's only gonna be six months." Like that's a long time, especially when you're a kid. Six months away, like that's it's crazy. Yeah, but they're doing great. The only thing that they're not doing is eating the sponge. And even mm-hmm. even Augie was like, "All right, I'm gonna try it today." He takes a takes the spoon, picks up his bowl. He's about to pour it in um the sponge into his bowl, and Jazz just shoots him a look. And then he mm-hmm. puts the 
<laughs> puts the spoon back, puts it on his bowl, and puts his head in shame and passes the bowl. That's right. She's like, our family has a motto. <laughs> we stick it's together. not. We, yeah, we stick together. We, Our bodies are temples. We only eat McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Or pizza. So we get a... Um... We get to know a little bit about the school, about Mr. and Mrs. Taylor. Uh, during the, the day, there was this boy playing, uh, which I guess is supposed to be a Game Gear or a, or a Game Boy, something, mm-hmm. but it's making noise. And <laughs> um, the the Mr. Taylor was like, whoa, 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 what did I tell you about? What? Come on, like let's like put that away. There's there's a time and place for everything, and it's not near next to me. Don't don't play those games. So the kid had no choice but to put away the the game. A really old version of a game system has like one game built into it, and it's a lot of sounds. It's a lot of like bells and whistles. Yeah. Just to clarify, like it's not a a modern game. You can't put it on mute. It's just like a lot of like beeping and stuff. Yeah. Maybe that is why Mr. Taylor didn't like it. Yeah. And uh that night. Mm-hmm. Augie's going to bed and yeah. he pulls out his uh Walkman. For those of you who don't know what a Walkman is, it's like an iPod, but it takes cassettes. For those of you who don't know what a player. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what a cassette is, it's like a CD. For those of you who don't know what a CD is, <laughs> <laughs> it's where you used to play music. Well, everybody knows what a record is now, right? A vinyl? Yeah, it's yeah. like a little... That's how you have to do it. You have to go back to vinyl and then yeah. explain that they miniaturized it. <laughs> and then they got to the point where they digitized it. And then we just put it on records again just to be hipsters. Yes, yes. iPods and finals that's what's in right now ipod nobody knows what an ipod is. oh i'm sorry i'm sorry okay i'm sorry forgive me it's just an app now there's no device you just have an app now (laughs) an app music if you don't know what an ipod is (laughs) nobody knows that is (laughs) that existed for like two years it's what came before the iphone Hmm. there you go yeah, there used to be this. It's like the iPhone, but separate. There was no phone, and that was it. It's a. It was similar to the Zune. You know <laughs> what a Zune is, right? Seven people know what Zune is. <laughs> eh, those seven people watched Guardians of the Galaxy too. I think. I guess, yeah. Most people thought that they made it up for that movie. <laughs> Because, you know, Apple made a product and Microsoft was like, we could do it better. And then everybody's like, yeah, but we're Apple. I don't care how great this product is. We're Apple. They're right. Died. <laughs> uh, um, so, yes. Augie was going to play music. and On his Zoom. <laughs> and his friend Kit is like, yo. Uh-uh, what are you doing? None of that shit. Put that shit away. Be cool, man. Augie's like, what? what's this music? And then Kit's like, have you not noticed what the fuck's been going around here? 
they don't like these noises, alright? All this stuff is forbidden on school grounds. If you're gonna do that shit, be cool about it, alright? And then he walks away. Talking like he has like a crack pipe in his bed or something. <laughs> like it's just a walkman. And then Augie does the only thing he can do at that point and is put it under his bed. Tries to be cool. <laughs> yeah. So it's safe to say that nobody dances in this entire building. Just not to except they just dance to the the speaker music. Yeah, the, the vibrations. So the kids just going crazy. One night, the bell went off again, mm. and all the students got up, got their coats, their slippers, and they headed downstairs to the basement. The two people very confused about this was Augie and Jazz. At first, we see Jazz perspective. Yeah. Where she's just noticing Marie, I guess her friend Marie, gets up to join the ranks of children going downstairs to do something. She's yelling at Marie, and Marie's not really having any of it. She's just saying nothing. She's walking around like a zombie and then getting in line. And somehow they all know how to rhythmically walk in line in unison downstairs yeah. one after the other she follows marie for a while and then she stumbles upon her brother augie doing the same thing <laughs> but then augie notices her and he just like jumps out of line and freaks her out and she's like you're not supposed to scare me like that and he's like i don't know what the hell's going on jazz <laughs> all right i was just going with it i didn't know what else to do i'm scared pretty much yeah and the uh... Augie has the idea of like, okay, we got to tell the tailors. And Jazz had the brilliant idea of like, let's not. <laughs> let's follow them and see where they're going because something's off about this. And they do. Mm-hmm. And the classmates go down and eventually they enter a room that's just like a big, long, wide hallway with different mechanisms that the kids knew how to operate and they all seem to be maintaining these big water vats yes and one thing of note is that this room has a green glowing aura to it and if you're from the 90s when it glows green it's evil that's just how it was this whole room really reminded me of like the Red Hood slash Joker origin story. Because, like, there's a vat of some mystery liquid. <laughs> there's green everywhere. And there's, like, an area above with a little catwalk where you could fall off. It reminded me of that scene in yeah. particular. Yeah. Or, like, we call it the Lazarus Pits as well. Lazarus Pit could work, yeah. That's well, been depicted a bunch of different ways, but that also glows green. Yeah. So... They see Kit activating some switches. They try to talk mm-hmm. to him. Um, nothing. He's just doing his business. So they see some more classmates just climbing down the ladders and they decide to follow them. Um, they see Marie. Hmm? I'm just, uh, I was just going to say they don't push, you know, like yeah. maybe you think they'd like slap Kit or something or do, <laughs> do something, try and wake him up. Throw some water on him. Push him in the pool. But they decide not to. 
They want to see yeah. what's going on. And Augie's just like, wow, fascinating. Like, they, they're just doing everything perfect mm-hmm. in unison, not saying anything. It's like they're sleepwalking. No fear. Just yeah. purely scientific, analyzing them. No emotions, like a lizard. <laughs> and they walk downstairs. Well, they climb down a ladder to where the pool area is. Mm-hmm. I guess you can say it that. It's just like, no, it's not a pool area. It's just like, like a... Like an uh, underground facility, and they just have a body of water there. Yeah, it's probably a sewer. Dude. It's probably a fucking sewer. It, we know it leads into the sewer. Yeah, because of the opening scene mm-hmm. where the Ninja Turtles showed up and <laughs> took that dog to rescue it <laughs> from the evil lizard that lives in the sewers. <laughs> so. Jasper tries to speak to Marie. She's just like gone to, and she's performing this action of just like taking a, a long spoon of some powder and just sprinkling onto the water. And that's when we notice that the water contains hundreds of eggs, just hundreds and hundreds of eggs, and they're just like sprinkling water all over it, um, dust all over it. I assume like salt or something. I don't know. <laughs> so Augie, Jazz, of yeah, course, yeah. is questioning any, everything. And Augie's is like, okay, um, they're definitely in a trance and they know exactly what they're doing. And there's like, it's fascinating. It's cool. But Mr. and Mrs. Taylor are coming uh, nearby and they're like, okay, uh, they're probably going to get mad that we're just talk- here talking shit and analyzing. Let's pretend to do some work. So they pick up the spoons and start sprinkling the powder onto the eggs. And Mr. and Mrs. Taylor, to the surprise of everyone, were like, oh, how exciting. We're the antagonists of this entire story. And we're the reason all this. <laughs> Verbatim. Verbatim. Like, we're the reason why all these kids are in this trance. And then they look down and they see Augie and Jazz uh, putting out that powder. And they're like, see, Mrs. Taylor, you were worried. Oh, they're not eating the sponge. Therefore, they're not going to fall in line. But look at them. They're in line. Everybody eats a sponge. No one can resist the sponge. Mrs. Taylor is like, yeah, you're right. And then she blinks, but she doesn't blink normally. She blinks sideways with her like second lids because she's a lizard (laughs) that's what they would do if they had a big budget (laughs) yes but they don't so Mm -hmm. everyone's eating the sponge no one can resist it they're happy augie and jazz are uh are in their trance working they're Mm -hmm. working but as soon as they leave they realize that they're the ones that caused all of this so they need to follow them and figure out what's going on. So they do. And we get to their office. Jumbie and I were thinking, oh, they're aliens, right? And Mrs. Taylor mm-hmm. grabs a key, opens up a cabinet. Yeah. And it contains a sponge. And they also contain some sort of green liquid. And they poured it into martini glasses and they cheered to a su- successful job 
they need to thank it's not just the two of them there's a third thing a mother um and they're gonna rise up after hundreds of years of being dormant and today's the day they're excited they're celebrating they did everything correctly and it's like oh and then soon we can finally take take these stupid things off and they they are referring to their human skin and when mr taylor raises his hand up to drink from the martini glass augie and jazz see that he has green scales going down or up his arm clear to everybody augie jazz in the audience and he's a politician <laughs> so they are reptiles and they have green slime drinks and um they made a toast to their troubled pasts and their glorious future. Hooray. Mm. So Jazz and Augie run the hell away. And they're inquiring, are they aliens or lizards? We don't know. But there's something. And um, Augie comes up with the idea, let's go and call for help. Um, uh Augie's like, no, fuck that. I'm just going to lay in bed and hide. And that's when Jazz gives him the ultimate pep talk. She's like, no, look, listen, you bitch. All right, stop being a chicken. Stop worrying about this. You're the genius. If anybody can stop him, it's you. Okay? Now, I'll come up with a plan. I'm going to go in my room, and I'm going to change my clothes. I suggest you do the same. Man the fuck up, and let's figure this shit out. (laughs) You put me here. And you're going to get me out of here. <laughs> Do it. Yes. And he's left there dumbfounded. He's like, okay. And he tries to come up with a plan and she goes to change. He takes a look at the speaker, but we don't really see what his plan ends up being. We just he just kind of like looks at it. Yeah, it cuts away to him. All dressed up. Walking with like his bag. Oh, I forgot what they're called. Knapsack. I guess. Satchel. But he's knocking on Jazz's door and he tells her, Hey, I have the plan. We can get out of here. And of course, the door opens and it's not Jazz. Well, not just Jazz. It's Mrs. Taylor. And she has her hand around Jazz's mouth. Um, yeah and she's like oh you've been naughty should have eaten your sponge like the rest of the kids Augie's like you're a monster (laughs) and she's like yeah like yeah (laughs) you're correct I am yep I guess so you're not even you don't even know half the half of it Jazz does a smart thing and bites her hand and escapes (laughs) and she shows her hand and it looks like it has little human teeth mark teeth marks but the puncture wound is not bleeding red it's bleeding green and revealing these little scales underneath yeah it's gross and she has that in her mouth she better spit it out um they run off yes they try to escape off the front door but mr taylor is in their way he's like oh you guys trying to escape but the excitement's just begun (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then they keep running downstairs 
because <laughs> Mr. Taylor doesn't run for anybody. <laughs> nope. He just smiles and slowly walks forward. Classic villain. And so they go to the root of the pool of the where the eggs are um eggs are and they think they can find like an escape route out of there. Um Jazz is about to make a left and Augie's like, no, that's where the eggs are. We gotta make a right, because there's probably a way out of here. But as they're making their escape, they hear a loud noise. And Jazz inquires, what's that? Augie's, it's the pipes. Nothing, let's just keep going. And it gets louder. And then Jazz like, doesn't sound like pipes. They turn around, and it's Mr. and Mrs. Taylor. Apparently, what they did was they closed a door and locked them mm-hmm. in. So, And they reveal that there's nothing on the other side for them to escape. Their only way out is through that door that they just locked. And they're like, hey, you know our secret. And yeah, we can't let you leave. Sorry. Augie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very well, very perfectly inquires... Who are they? What do they want? And we get the answer from Mr. Taylor, who explains they are the last of their race that has been doomed to extinction until tonight. The students have been nurturing their eggs for ages, and they'll hatch, and they can populate the earth. And then Jazz like, you use the students to take care of the eggs? He's like, yeah. It's a smart plan because we eat, we're meat eaters, all sorts of meat. So when the babies hatch, the children will have another purpose. And I'm like, yeah, that that works. Yeah. Free labor, free labor and free food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. American dream. I like how they specify that they, they eat a bunch of different meats. It's like our war with the humans is completely optional. We could just eat cows too. But we won't. <laughs> we'll eat people. It's like, yeah, we kind of kind of need those children gone. Because then people will start asking about child labor laws and we don't want that. So we're going to commit murder and genocide. And we can't count on all the authorities eating sponge. So. <laughs> and Mr. Taylor also reveals that um, they weren't the first ones to figure this out. And they all ended up down there. And if you hadn't noticed before, while they were walking in the tunnels, there was a bunch of shoes and slippers in that tunnel from that clearly belonged to children. They're not adult shoes. So this is a bad spot. <laughs> They're down there. The tailors are have them cornered, and from the other side of the little tunnel, we see a creature emerge. Ooh. This creature looks practical. It's made of practical effects. It um it reminded me first of the ghost demon dog things from Ghostbusters. So that's what that first reminded me of. I, I couldn't really compare it to anything else. So that, that was the closest thing I had. I don't. It looked like a lizard, honestly. And also looked like they used the smoke um, 
from like a smoke machine to kind of cover up the the work they did on it. The movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just typical uh B lizard. B horror movie lizard monster. From the, so the liz- Yeah. The eighties lizard monster is approaching them. <laughs> and this is when Augie approaching them very slowly. Yeah. And Augie's like, Well, this is gonna take a while. I better listen to some music. And he opens up his his bag, he pulls out his antique zune, and he pulls out a speaker. Apparently he ripped the speaker off the wall and he attaches it to his music playing device <laughs> and the tailors get wise to what he was doing and they try to open up the fence that they locked them in, but they couldn't do it in time. And he starts playing rock music, screeching <laughs> guitars and all that. He is playing it and it seems to be irritating them. And Jazz is like, turn it up, damn it. Why are you <laughs> playing around right now? And he puts, puts it to max volume and the lizard thing just starts squealing. It's like, oh, please, I just wanted to talk. And his head explodes. And the lizard's dead. We died laughing at the head yeah. exploding. And it was I cannot believe that happened. It was foreshadowed too. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Jazz in the beginning when Augie's uh, alarm went off on his watch. He was like, like, oh, he just had a migraine. He's like, she's like, migraine? He acted like his head was going to explode. And yes. His head would it explode. Was. Yeah. So he blasts that music. <laughs> he makes the lizard explode, the force of which knocked them off their feet. <laughs> um, they get up covered in slime and realize that they've saved the day. They defeated the lizard thing. So they give each other a nice, gross, slime covered hug. Mm-hmm. And then they go to check on the tailors, and tailors are dead, reduced <laughs> to ooze on the ground. Which really um, makes you wonder what the hell they were drinking in the margarita glasses. Were they just drinking their own blood? Or like <laughs> I guess. They were drinking essence of other lizards. <laughs> the only thing I could think of was like when you, when they were playing the music was like, You kids turn that damn music down. Why do you gotta <laughs> listen to music so loud? You and your rock and roll. <laughs> it was so loud it made them blow up. They go down to check and they see that, like, all the eggs are blown up, too. Mm-hmm. Apparently, his device was loud enough to, and a high enough frequency to just kill all the lizards. So, problem solved. They see the kids are kind of waking up from their trance. They meet Kit. And Kit's just like, yo, what's going on? This is weird. I've never been in this room before. <laughs> and Augie's like, don't worry about it, brother. Just go over there. And I'll, I'll explain it to you later. Yeah. And the plot kind of winds down here. Yeah. Yeah. Marie shows up. There. She's like, what, what happened? And Jazz is like, I don't think you're going to have nightmares anymore. And all the shattered eggshells, we get a close up of them. Um, and Augie puts it together. Oh, we killed the mother. So all those eggs are destroyed too. <laughs> but. Sure. As they're walking off to um, relish in their victory, we get a the cameraman, the camera person just starts panning over to all the broken eggshells to reveal the one eggshell, sorry, one egg is ready to hatch. Mm. And then David says, the end. 
of my career, or is it? <laughs> and then Gary declares their meeting officially closed, and he tells everybody to go straight home. Frank, it's like why? But he says it like looking away from Gary, so Gary doesn't know who said it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make eye contact for sure. Right. And Gary's like, "Cause because tonight is a school night," and everybody laughs. Good old Frank Gary. laughs the loudest. Yeah. It's a fake <laughs> laugh. <laughs> Like Titus from uh, Final Fantasy X. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sounded like Mandark <laughs> from Dexter. <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they that's it. That's the end of the story. And this happens to be the end of David's stories. Because that's the last David story we're going to hear. Yep. Sad. Kristen. And David are going to ride off into the sunset. We don't know when, but pretty soon. And hopefully they get a send-off, unlike some other members who shall remain nameless. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> you can hear his name in the wind. <laughs> and that's it. That's the last of that. This is the 12th episode. This is the penultimate episode. How we go off. It was a good episode. It wasn't the the greatest but good send off for david yeah. sorry that he had to be sad for it but yeah <laughs> for real but yeah that was a good send off episode that was he had some really strong episodes um some strong stories this season and it makes sense as john b pointed out it is his last so why not he go needed... off in a bang mm-hmm. he needed to do it now Yeah. Overall, it was good. It might rank high when we do the season two ranking. I'm not sure how high, but yeah. What'll um, really be hard is a series ranking top ten. I really like the idea of the story. It was a boarding school that was had its dark secret. It was ran by evil monsters from either from definitely from centuries ago. They're that old, but are the aliens? Where they did they get pushed into the sewers? Who knows? But they were trying to rise up again, like the crab people. <laughs> mm-hmm. But luckily, Jazz and Augie were there to stop them. Pretty good send off. I like Jazz and Ozzy as characters. Yeah, they were they, they had a good dynamic as simbo- uh, siblings. Yeah. Better acting or like i don't know acting but like they look like they had a closer bond than most of the siblings that we've seen on these shows it's, other than the ones that we hard, just saw though it's hard to criticize the acting on are you afraid of the dark except for like yeah. one or two but mm-hmm. most of the time it's um it's pretty well, solid music's yeah. good it follows that whole mysterious something's not right um something strange in the neighborhood yeah augie's your straight man who likes doesn't want to cause problems he'd rather just you know keep going with what he's told all jazz is your typical rebel rebel girl she's a beatnik yeah so we got that uh but um this is the penultimate episode for season two by the way yeah the next episode will be the finale for season two and the finale for kristen david even though we know That's... they're not, they're not gonna say the story. 
You think they're gonna like do a send off like Chris and David? Sorry, bye. No, no. I mean, they're just gonna leave. Yeah, I feel like they'll probably it's like Eric. Really? Probably season three, episode one will be like, oh yeah, uh, Kristen and David left. Yeah, they went to another school, and we don't want to be friends with them. <laughs> so, the last thing for us to do is talk about the finale a little bit. As always, we're going to read the title for the next episode, the finale of season two, and see what we can divine about it. Yeah. See if we can divine who is going to tell the tale and what that tale will be about. So are you ready to hear the name of the next episode? And I'm going to go look it up now. Ooh. All right. Scrolling to the top of the page. The name of the next episode, the finale, is... The Tale of Old Man Corcoran. Cochran. 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 The Tale of Old Man Cochran. I had to sound that one out. Cochran. Cochran. What a weird name. Yeah. I have an idea immediately. <laughs> um... Who goes first? I'll go, since you read the title. It's Kiki. Okay. I was also going to say Kiki. Yeah. <laughs> Only because, not even with based on the title, I just, I haven't heard from her. Yeah. It wasn't this episode. Yeah. I'm going to roll the dice again, say Kiki. I, it has to be. She needs to say one episode, and I think this should be it. <laughs> this has to be it. Like, I'm super confident unless they don't care about kiki and they didn't give her any stories yeah <laughs> so what do you think it's gonna be about old, old man, man cochran yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's gonna be a ghost story that involves old man cochran yeah i think it's like a neighbor that um, old man Cochran's neighbor. Everybody keeps away from him, and then we find out that he's not the the old cranky old man everybody thinks he is. I was gonna say something super similar. I was thinking of like the old man from Home Alone, where it's <laughs> like, oh, everyone has these horrible things to say about him. He's this evil guy, but then he's not that evil if you get to know him. And also, he, there's ghosts involved. Yeah, I guess we're we think ghost pretty much yeah. same. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a ghost story. Unless I do an axe murderer story, but like I doubt it. Yeah, ghost story. Uh, old man neighbor, yeah, he's cranky, and then you find out he's haunted by something. Yeah, Or he might be a ghost. I mean, who knows? Yeah. All right. So we both are in agreement on this. So if we're both wrong, we're both wrong. So be it. Yeah. Cool. And with that being said, any last words, Jumbi? Bye, David. Bye, Kristen. <sighs> and that concludes another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a listen or a gander or a look at any other content we may have provided. 
And why not? Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a, I don't know, holler. <laughs> Anything you can do to let us know that you love us. Because you know what? We love you too. And we always will. And we thank you. With that being said, we bid you adieu. Good night, lizard people.